Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda a voice in the desert now here's crystal heath hey hey what's happening las vegas great to have you with us today i am crystal heath this is the frittle show on kvxl 101.1 fm experience liberty radio from liberty baptist church lots to go over today hope you were able to join us last night for our midweek service if you missed it guess what we're gonna do we're gonna do services again on sunday 9 30 and 11 15 sunday morning and 6 p.m sunday night so if you missed it last night be sure to join us on sunday all right i gotta start off by apologizing for what will inevitably be multiple um pauses breaks uh, moments of slight distress because I don't know what happened overnight here in Las Vegas, but my nose is so unhappy today. Like all morning long, the sneezing, it's running away. I don't know. Something changed in the air or in my environment. I don't know what it was or what it is. I can't figure it out, but my nose is just going crazy today. So, I knew you would want to know that because we're such good friends. I mean, why else would you be listening if we weren't such good friends? I don't know. I can't think of any reasons. So, I figured since you're my good friends, you would want to know. All right. Since it is Thursday, we are going to talk about all the things political. We are going to talk about all the things that you might avoid the rest of the week. But not today. Not today. And that is exactly what the Alliance for Defending Freedom is saying to the state of Colorado yet again. It is Jack Phillips, the case of the Baker, part 762, if you will. And Jack Phillips is under attack by Colorado officials and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission yet again. This poor guy and his family, I mean, they, this, people will just not let up with him. And the the latest the latest in this seemingly never ending saga. Like I thought it was over. Like he won at the Supreme Court. You really there's nowhere else to go after that, or so you would think, right? No, no. An LGBT activist lawyer who uh, it is believed has done similar things in the past uh, on the same day. Um, that the Supreme Court announced that it was taking uh, Jack's case back in June of 2017. On the same day that the Supreme Court said they were taking that cake, or cake, that case, an LGBT activist lawyer called Jack's bake shop and said that he wanted a cake that revealed that he was changing his identity from male to female. He wanted it to be blue on the outside and pink on the inside. And as uh, Jack Phillips has done repeatedly, 
uh, he, he said he was willing to serve him, but he would not serve him with that message. And the message was obviously clear that God's creation doesn't matter, how God makes you doesn't matter, that God doesn't choose, and that you can choose to override uh, God's creation of sexual gender by choosing your own sexual identity, if you will. Like millions of other Americans and specifically millions of other American Christians, Jack does not believe that that is a biblical message and refused to use his artistic talent to create the blue-to-pink cake. It's believed that this same lawyer has called previously and asked for him to make cakes uh, celebrating Satan, featuring satanic symbols, depicting sexually explicit materials, and promoting the use of marijuana. Phillips has received these, and other people essentially are just continually harassing and targeting this man and his cake shop, uh, attempting to trip him up and see what they can do. Up until the blue-to-pink cake came along, the satanic cakes and so on have not been acted upon. But this LGBT activist lawyer filed a complaint with the Colorado Civil Rights Commission and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission has agreed with the activist lawyer and even used the Supreme Court's own decision in favor of Jack Phillips in their attempt to tell him he must make this cake. It's just unbelievable what they're doing to this guy. Michael Ferris is, uh, is, is Jack Phillips' lawyer. He argued this successfully at the Supreme Court. Really an incredible, uh, incredible legal mind, constitutional scholar. Really a great guy with a great family. Uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association he used to be affiliated with as well. I, I got to hear him. Anyway, um, you don't need to know that story. So he now has the Alliance for Defending Freedom, and he... You can follow him on Facebook. I would encourage you to do so if you are interested in legal things that happen in our country. And he he wrote this uh, about the case. Uh, He said, In just a few days after the Supreme Court ruled that the Colorado Commission had engaged in religious discrimination, they held that there was probable cause to find that Jack violated the non-discrimination law once again. They want Jack to go through a whole new process that never gives him a real trial. The judges are these Colorado Civil Rights Commissioners who are chosen specifically for their affiliation with certain groups. There is no way to get neutral judges from such a system, and this panel is clearly not neutral here. So we aren't willing to subject Jack to the same biased process. Late yesterday, we sued the commission in federal court for violating Jack's civil and constitutional rights. We want this to stop, and this commission is going to find out that they are in a war. We need your prayers. Jack needs your prayers. We need your help. Jack needs your help. If you want to help or get more information, please visit adflegal.org. Religious bigotry by officials is unconstitutional, and it is something that no citizen should have to tolerate. All right, sorry. I had to... I was getting to the point where I couldn't breathe there. Um, so, the ADF and Michael Ferris are suing the Colorado Civil Rights Commission in federal court. It's amazing to me that this commission of unelected panelists, if you will, which are specifically chosen because of their affiliation with certain specific groups, 
It's amazing that these people can have this much power over someone's life and livelihood. They shouldn't. And the Supreme Court, when they heard this case, they were like, you guys are incredibly biased. Stop it. Hand slap. I just slapped my hand. I don't know if you could hear it, but I did. And it didn't work. Instead, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission took the Supreme Court's ruling in favor of Jack Phillips and is trying to use it against him. And I'm so, so encouraged that we have Michael Ferris and groups like the Alliance Defending Freedom that will stand up and take on these activist uh, judges and, and commissions that just are not even... Uh, it's unbelievable. The Alliance Defending Freedom issued a, on their, uh, I'm not sure if it's necessarily a press release, but they posted it on their blog as their uh, information about this case. And I'm just going to read to you what they wrote because it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, uh, the title is, Colorado is ignoring the Supreme Court and targeting Jack Phillips again. Imagine for a moment that you are a public servant who has taken an oath to defend and uphold the Constitution. Now imagine that the Supreme Court of the United States admonished you and your colleagues for actions they deemed unconstitutional in a 7-2 landmark decision. Would you be humbled? Would you make a good faith effort to change the policies and behavior that put you at the mercy of the nation's highest court? Most of us would, but this does not seem to be the case for some acting on behalf of the state of Colorado. In Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission, the Supreme Court called out state officials for acting with hostility toward Jax Phillips, a cake artist in the Denver area who declined to design a custom cake celebrating a same-sex wedding. The court found that the state of Colorado violated Jack's free exercise of religion. In fact, the majority found the government's actions so hostile and so biased that it did not need to consider any of Jack's free speech claims. So what has Colorado done to remedy what the court called its impermissible religious hostility? Absolutely nothing. In fact, less than one month after the masterpiece decision, state officials targeted the very same individual who beat them before the Supreme Court. This is beyond belief. Jack has spent six years battling the state for simply declining to express a message that conflicts with his religious beliefs. Now, right after the Supreme Court has given him the justice he deserves, the state of Colorado has decided to pursue a second claim against Jack, this one being even more baseless than the first. In June of 2017, the very day that the Supreme Court decided to hear Masterpiece, a local attorney asked Jack to design a custom pink and blue cake to celebrate his gender transition a request that Jack politely declined. Of course, Jack serves everyone. He just cannot express all messages, especially those that conflict with his Christian beliefs. Jack has never created a cake expressing this message for anyone. Still, Colorado has decided to use this case to target Jack a second time. This comes even after the state was reprimanded by the Supreme Court in Masterpiece. Writing for the majority, Justice Anthony Kennedy emphasized that Colorado unequally applied its laws against Jack. The state decided in other cases that cake artists are free to decline requests for cakes criticizing same-sex marriage, yet the state came down against Jack when he declined to design a cake celebrating a same-sex marriage. 
the first time around, it looked like Colorado was biased against people of faith. Now it just looks like the state is biased against people named Jack Phillips. And moving ahead on this new, new case, the government is yet again confirming that it applies its laws in an arbitrary and unequal way, which the Supreme Court has already said it cannot do. On top of that, the state is contradicting the arguments it made the first time around. A brief that Colorado sent to the Supreme Court argued that Jack is free to decline to sell cakes with pro-gay designs. But what is this recently requested cake but a custom cake with a pro-transgender design? If Colorado were following what it told the Supreme Court, it would have dismissed this case against Jack. But Colorado shows that it is waging a crusade against Jack and harassing him again. Enough is enough. Alliance Defending Freedom is going on the offense and suing the state of Colorado on Jack's behalf for its blatant targeting of him. You would think that a clear Supreme Court decision against their first effort would give them pause. But it seems like some in the state government are hell-bent on punishing Jack for living according to his faith. If that isn't hostility, what is? What is indeed? I think that's the, the perfect summary from the Alliance Defending Freedom, and it should be since they are his, his representation in court. But it's just... I, it's unreal to me. Like, the dude beats you at the Supreme Court. Colorado Civil Rights Commission is just out of control. I mean, how bitter and how petty do you have to be to target the guy who just beat you at the Supreme Court on an eerily similar issue as the one you just lost over? I mean, you know he's going to have a religious conviction about this. You know that there are dozens to hundreds of other bakeries that will do this for you. Uh, This isn't a mistake. I mean... This lawyer and others like him are looking for their time in the spotlight and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, who now apparently thinks they know better than the Supreme Court, are at it once again. And now we have this being portrayed by the mainstream leftist media in this country and by leftists on social media as Jack Phillips refuses to bake a birthday cake for a transgender individual. No, it's not that at all. That is a complete and utter total lie. But this is being perpetrated. That is not at all what was requested. What was requested was a specific cake to celebrate a gender transition. And Jack Phillips was like, no. I'll make you a cake, but I won't make you a cake for that. And he doesn't have to. The Supreme Court already said he doesn't have to do that. And the Colorado Civil Rights Commission is at it again. (sighs) So again, I'm just so glad that we have organizations like the Alliance Defending Freedom uh, who are fighting for Jack Phillips. And really, they're fighting for all of us because this is just this is just getting ridiculous now. I mean, it was ridiculous before, but now now it's really, really ridiculous. You're like, radio silence, where did you go? Remember how at the beginning of the program I told you that my nose is out of control today? Well, it is. And it reaches a point where I can't, once it gets to the point where I can't breathe anymore, I have to have to deal with the situation. Because if I, if I don't and I stop breathing, that would be disappointing. You wouldn't get to hear the rest of the show. All right, so speaking of the Supreme Court, uh, have you all seen... Uh, uh, um, have you all seen the Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure? I am not kidding. This is a real thing. 
This is the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure. There's a Kickstarter campaign to release this thing. They blew through their original goal, which I think was like $15,000. Yeah, $15,000. In, uh, in, in, I believe it was the first day. No, less than an hour. And they have raised over $613,000 for this thing. The company uh, is called FC Try, which is based in Brooklyn, New York. And they're creating what they're calling the, quote, notorious RBG superhero, unquote. Notorious RBG. Hmm. The real-life action figure from FC Try comes with five uh, pillars. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her black gown, glasses, hair pulled tightly back, gavel, white gloves, black high-heeled loafers. How are those even a thing? Now, in all fairness, we live in a capitalistic world. And if this is what people want to spend their money on, so be it. But, um, this action figure, in my personal opinion, looks kind of scary a little bit. I know she doesn't smile very much when we see her in real life, but, um, I I don't want a scary Supreme Court action figure that scowls at me. It's just weird. Now, I'm going to go through with you. No, I'm not. I know I'm not. You know what? You can go and look at this. Just Google it, and you will see the company... <coughs> excuse me. The company has provided a breakdown of every one of the features on their doll. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you a few of them. You can go read the rest. Some of them use profanity, so I can't share them with you on the air, and I wouldn't anyway. But so, for example, they put that she has silk gloves to uphold rights for everyone. How, what? You can't uphold rights for everyone unless you have one gloves and two gloves that are silk? What? If that doesn't scream like privilege, I don't know what does. Hardwood gavel to bring order to your life. No, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not how this is supposed to work. Righteous robe, the next best thing to a cape. I'm telling you, they go through and they define every one pretty much of the elements that are key to the Ruth Bader Ginsburg superhero action figure and you just you, you should just go and just go check it out because you're gonna you're, you're gonna I don't know what you're gonna do maybe you'll buy one probably not but my question is this though who was sitting around one day and thought man if only we had a Ginsburg action figure that would be where it's at no one no normal human being thinks that this is cool. No normal human being thinks this way. No one. No one does. And frankly, wouldn't a more accurate figure, or would it be figurine, or is that, would that be offensive? But wouldn't it be more accurate if it was her falling asleep? What? I'm No, I'm not. I'm not being disrespectful. That's just, I think that's how most Americans right now know Ginsburg. 
sleeping at the State of the Union. That's all I'm saying. So maybe make an alternate pose available. So that, I'm just a thought. Maybe do a whole set. I mean, you can have. You, <laughs> okay, I won't go there. But how come there's no Justice Scalia or Justice Thomas? Is Brett Kavanaugh gonna get an action figure? Kickstarter. Anyone? Anyone for a Brett Kavanaugh action figure? No. No. <laughs> but FT or FC Try, this company, said that it plans to make a one dollar don- donation for each of like the fifth, first fifteen thousand people who donated to the campaign to the She's the First organization, which is a nonprofit group in New York City that says they fight gender inequality through education. The company also said uh, on its crowdfunding page. That the action figure will, quote, surely wind up in the hands of young girls and boys who may, quite possibly, grow up entirely free of all the antiquated stereotypes that RBG has spent her life dismantling. Um, yeah, okay. Because your six-year-old, they don't want, uh, they don't want Elsa or Anna anymore. They want an RBG notorious action figure. No, they don't. No, they don't. The only people that are going to buy this are like... (sighs) I would have to be very stereotypical. Am I allowed to be very stereotypical here for a moment? It's going to be like Harvard students and Yale law students. Maybe not Yale, but definitely Harvard. They're going to be buying these things and have them on their mantle. Which, by the way... Justice ben Ginsburg was given one of these dolls, and she said that she would put it on her mantle. On her mantle. Move over, elf on the shelf. Bench on the bench. We've got Ruth. Ruth. What would it be? Booth? Ruth in the booth? No, that's weird. Ruthie the sleep? No. Ginsburg in the Lindbergh? No, that's messed up. Um, eating Ginsburg eating a hamburger? Nope, because it would have to... I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to take a break now before this goes any further because it's not... We're not coming up with anything good. So if you come up with anything, you can tweet it to me at The Friddle. You can find me on Facebook at The Friddle as well. When we return, it will be our 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 segment on inconvenient truths. And I even have a special surprise for you in our Inconvenient Truths segment. So don't go away. We will return in just a few moments. Fernando Ortego with Sing to Jesus. All right, we have returned. You're listening to KVXL 11.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. And we are going to talk next about... Some things that we don't usually hear about in the mainstream media. Actually, that's what most of this program is. But we're going to call it the session of inconvenient truths. Oh, yes. It's very dramatic. All the things we're not supposed to talk about, we are now going to talk about. Starting with this. Are you ready? More than half of foreign refugees are on taxpayer-funded food stamps. 
Since 2008, according to Breitbart.com, the United States has permanently resettled more than 1.7 million foreign nationals and refugees through a variety of humanitarian programs like the Special Immigrant Juveniles and the Nicaraguan Adjustment and Central American Relief Act. So we have, because of this, a foreign population of refugees that's larger than the entire population of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which has 1.5 million residents. Uh, And a study, or a report rather, the annual report by the Office of Refugee Resettlement, uh, was analyzed by the Center for Immigration Studies and uh, has revealed that about 56% of households headed by foreign refugees who arrived in the United States uh, are using taxpayer-funded uh, food stamps. Nearly 30% of them are receiving cash welfare. 34% uh, of those that are 18 and older have no health insurance. And of those that did have health insurance, 50% said they were on Medicaid or refugee medical assistance, both of which are federally funded. Now, why do I bring this back? Back? No, up. Why do I bring this up? Because these would be uh, actual refugees, okay? So these would be those people who come to our border or to a point of entry seeking asylum or who have applied for asylum or who have obtained refugee status. These are legal refugees, all right? So... The we are spending um, millions upon millions of dollars, eight hundred and seventy million annually, on uh, what we would say would be legal refugees. If you were, this is not including in any way the amount of money that the government spends on illegal immigrants. Now there is a difference between the two groups, a big difference. One is legal status. They came here seeking asylum or they applied for asylum or they have obtained refugee status. So they have an actual status that is refugee. That is a legal status. The other is an illegal status. Okay? So $870 million we are spending just on on government programs for refugees who are legal. Here's why I bring that up. Because I have heard this mentioned several times in the past few weeks, and every time someone says this, it just, it makes me unhappy. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, well, the government is spending money on this, and this is a wise expenditure for the government. This government did a good job with spending money here. This is how the government should be spending money. Okay. Um, Or the government needs to balance its budget. I agree with a balanced budget idea. The government should have a balanced budget. I've talked about it before. But the, but there seems to be this growing misunderstanding of where the government gets its money. It's like people have forgotten. So I'm here to remind you, the government never spends its own money. The government does not have any money of its own. Every penny the United States spends is your penny. From your pocket. It's your money. It's my money. It's your neighbor's money. It's your parents' money. There aren't any actual government expenditures, if you will. There is not really a federal budget. 
in more ways than one, the government expenditures are your expenditures, okay? Federal budget? No, that's your budget. The feds don't have any money of their own. The money that they have comes out of your pocket. And that is why it is a good idea to know how the government is spending your money. Because it is your money. And I'm not saying don't render unto Caesar or or protest taxes. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you should be educated. You should understand how and where your money is being spent. Right? Because, like, okay, look at it this way. You give your kid 10 bucks that you expect him to use to buy food on the youth group trip, and he comes home with a new video game. I get it. Yes, video games cost more than that. <laughs> Just enjoy the analogy, okay? You might have something to say about that, right? They'd be like, oh, I was so hungry. I gave you $10. Yeah, but I bought this game. That's not how you were supposed to use that $10. But that's what the federal government is doing with your money left and right. And I don't, quite frankly, I don't have a problem with us spending money uh, on, on assistance programs that refugees are using. Because if we have determined as a country that, uh, that these people legitimately need help then you know what then they should be able to have access to our systems i know some people will uh will disagree with me on that and that's okay we can have conversations like this in our country that's what america is all about right but that shouldn't be hopefully where they're stuck hopefully they're moving through an immigration process they're moving through a refugee process so that they're not stuck in that status and hopefully they're being helped in getting in getting jobs and getting settled in our society and things like that so that they're not stuck in that in a perpetual uh, state of welfare I'm not saying that, but uh, people will use that number and apply it to illegals or they don't understand the difference between illegals and refugees or they think that that's all the money that's being spent. Uh, When they hear refugees, they think that means everybody. And honestly, it's a lot of money. But when you think about if if you're looking at that as this is what we're spending on illegals and refugees, it does. It's not that much money. But the problem is that's not it. That is only what we're spending on refugees. What we're spending on illegals is, quite frankly, an outrageous amount of money, which is even more than that because we you've got to factor in salaries for Border Patrol, uh, detention, what are we paying to, to hold families, what are we paying to, to apprehend them, the cost on our society once they're released into society or sent back. It's just, it's, it's an unbelievable amount of money. And you're like, oh, it's just, I don't really, it doesn't, I don't really care about the money. Like it doesn't it doesn't affect me that much, right? I mean, I just I'm not into politics like I don't know who I'm going to vote for and I don't even know if I'm going to vote at all because it just it it doesn't affect me. Wrong. Everything the government does affects you and your family. It may not have a direct effect on you. It may not even affect you this year. But everything the government does will eventually affect you. Even if it's the funding that goes towards studying a migratory pattern of a locust that is funding that could be used somewhere else. And like the president just gave our troops a a raise. The biggest raise since... uh, I forget the year. It's been a while, though. Over a decade. I don't remember how long it's been. I don't have the story in front of me. But it's, I, it's, it's been a long time coming. And well-deserved, right? The problem is, uh, with all the good the president is doing, and, and in giving our troops a raise, and, and all these different things, um, 
We've got tariffs, which are basically just taxes in disguise that are being pushed on us. And we've got our debt is just climbing, 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 climbing. And conservatives aren't talking about that. Like, we talk about the good things the president's doing, and he is doing a lot of good. And I, I think that overall, the way he's governing is great. But look at the debt. Look at the deficit. It is just going, it is, it is going through the roof. And that's not cool. And you should know about these things because they do affect you. It's unsustainable the way that we spend money in this country on just everything willy-nilly here and there. And I'm not, that's, I'm not saying that our troops are willy-nilly here or there. That is, that is well-deserved. But we should be, just like you would have to do in your own budget, in your own home, if you say, you know what, we need to spend money here, well, then... That, that you don't just go into your office and print that money unless you want to go to jail. No, you gotta you got to cut it out of somewhere else to be able to put it over here. The problem that is that we're not good at, oh, I'm going to cut this out so I can put it over here. We're just like, oh, borrow, spend, borrow, spend, borrow, spend. And eventually it all comes crashing down. <sighs> And the bigger problem is that if, I mean, it, it, under under President Trump, we're continuing this this borrow spend madness, but it it, it could be even so much worse. And here's why: uh, as uh, as Stephen Crowder would sh- say, leftists are getting even more lefty. <laughs> I, I I laughed when he said that, but uh, Democrats now have a more positive view. Registered Democrats have a more positive view of socialism than they do of capitalism. All right, 57% of Democrats now view uh, socialism favorably. 57%. Compared to Republicans, where 16% view socialism favorably. Socialism doesn't work. It never has. And this is something that you should be very concerned about, especially if you are a parent. Especially if you are a parent who has a child in a public school. All right? I I love our school system. Not our school system. I shouldn't say that because I think our school system has many great flaws. I should say that I love our teachers. I think we have a lot of really good people who are trying to make a difference, but they're working in a system that is flawed and messed up. So if you are a parent, you need to understand this shift towards socialism, right? Because it's not just about how that affects your wallet and your children's wallet and your grandchildren's wallet, because it will. Like If you think the debt and deficit is out of control now, just wait. If people start voting what they say they believe and socialistic uh, practices become more commonplace in our country, those numbers are going through the roof and your paycheck is about to bottom out, all right? But why would I say you should know this if you're a parent of a kid in public school? Here's why. Your children, and I know you probably don't want to hear this, but it's a sad reality. Your children are embracing things like socialism at an alarmingly fast pace. But it doesn't have to be that way. Your child doesn't have to be a statistic. But there's only one antidote to this. Even if your kids are in in Christian school. Even if your kids are homeschooled. This doesn't just apply to public school parents. I think public school kids are in more danger of this in general just because of the environment they're in. But this is for everybody, right? Your kids 
need you to teach them about the founding of America, about what our founders believed. You need to teach them the differences between communism, socialism, capitalism. You need to show them examples of how philosophies have differed throughout history, how they have been tried, and how they have failed or succeeded the world over. All right? Maybe your kids do go to a great school, and they'll, they'll learn this stuff there, or at least you think so. But maybe they go to a great school, and they won't learn it there. Ultimately, who is responsible for the education of your children? It is not their teacher. It is not their youth pastor. It is not their soccer coach. It is you. If there's something that you believe or a worldview that you hold, you better be stinking sure that you pass that on to your kids because no one else is responsible for doing it for you. No one else uh, is responsible for making sure that your children are properly educated in in the ways of, of God, in the in the fundamental principles of the United States. Ultimately, that responsibility is with you. And look, your kids are surrounded by Hollywood, by sports stars, by television, an ever-growing web of lies and evil and pornography on the internet 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. They are essentially bombarded with more data in, in one month than you had access to your entire childhood, okay? Studies show that the average teenager is spending nine hours a day in front of some kind of screen or with some kind of screen absorbing some kind of information outside of his time at school or time doing homework. Nine hours a day, not including time at school or doing homework. Let's... Think that through for a second, all right? So if your teenager gets up at 7 o'clock and will generously say that he or she doesn't look at their phone at all and gets to school at 8 a.m., is at school until 3, doesn't, again, look at their phone at all that whole day because that's... That means that the average American teenager literally does nothing each day besides get up, get ready for the day, go to school, be at school, then stare at a screen until midnight, sleep until 7, throw in 1 to 2 hours of homework or an activity, and that has your teenager up until 1 or 2 a.m. getting 5 hours of sleep a night because he or she is spending 9 hours a day absorbing some kind of information via social media, TV, YouTube, gaming, VR, you name it, your kid is getting pumped full of stuff, right? And this is, in the day that we live in, this is the average American kid's entire childhood. You've got to grasp this, all right? Your kids are constantly exposed to information. The world has transformed, okay? It's not... We go and get an encyclopedia. We go to the library. I mean, I know some people still do that, but just bear with me, okay? All the information in the world is available to you at the snap of a finger, well, or a talking to Alexa or a typing on. It's it's all there. There's information everywhere. Information overload. Your kids are constantly exposed to information. Your kids are constantly learning something from someone somewhere. The question is, do you know what that something is or who the someone is? And are they learning anything from you? Do you know what is happening on that phone or that laptop or in that gaming world where they're killing their friends and then doing a Fortnite dance on their grave? These are your children. They are a gift from God to you that you are responsible for. This is our future. Please, please, parents, invest in your kids. 
Put your phone down. Turn the TV off. This isn't just about your kids, by the way, and the screen time they spend. Study after study shows that the more time you as a parent spend on your phone or, or with, with things electronic things over your children the more that causes them to act out to try and get your attention or to withdraw into their own world put your phone down be the example for your kids Uh, chick-fil-a i think it's chick-fil-a right has a is it chick-fil-a wherever that place is that has like the basket so when you go in there everybody can stick their phone in the basket and just have a few minutes together it's not that hard just turn off the noise for a little while and spend time with your family because something someone is going to spend time with your kids your kids time is going somewhere something and somebody is pouring information into their life and I hope that it's you I hope it is you training them up in the way that they should go. I hope that it is you encouraging them to, to, to have godly friends, to read godly books, to, to read and study and memorize their Bible, to do devotions as a family, to have wholesome family entertainment, and to have fun with your kids, to have fun as a family. This, by the way, is so crucial. Like, you have got to have fun with your kids. You must make time to have fun with your family. Because if you don't have good, clean fun with your family, your children are going to look to have fun elsewhere. And the kind of fun they may have elsewhere may not be the kind of fun uh, that you would want them to be engaging in. I'm not saying that things don't happen and that kids that grow up in good families don't go astray and whatever else. I'm not saying that. You can't... uh, Ultimately, they're going to make their own decisions, but do everything you can for your kids while you can, right? Spend time as a family. Have fun as a family. Talk about real issues as a family. Don't brush them aside. Let your kids ask you anything. Talk to your kids about what's going on in the world. Don't assume they don't know. Don't assume they don't hear this stuff. They know. They hear. They're getting hours upon hours of day of information. Kids today can get more hours of information in a day than there are hours in a day because uh, we can now absorb, we can, we're, we're multitasking now, right? You can be scrolling through Facebook while watching a Facebook video. So you're absorbing information as you scroll and information from the video. You can get more, you could spend an hour online and get two hours worth of information. It's insane. Your kids know stuff. Spend time with them. Have fun with them. Have real discussions with them. Somebody's pouring into your children's life. Let it be you let it be your family let your kids be best friends with each other i mean they're they're going to have best friends who better to have as best friends than their siblings <sighs> prioritize your family parents okay prioritize your family teenagers teenagers prioritize your family if you want god to bless you it's pretty simple the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you might live long on the earth. You want to be successful? Honor your parents. It's 
may seem hard sometimes, but it's it's really not that bad. Put your family, put God first, put your family right after, right? You don't have much time in this life. It goes so, so fast. The time that you have, make it count. Invest in people. God, his word, people. That's the only thing that are, things that are going to last forever. If you want to make a serious investment, an eternal investment, stock market's cool, but you know, you're even if you have a million dollars, 2, 3 million dollars, you're going to die and somebody else is going to get that. Invest in things that are eternal. Make your life count. Maximize your life, if you will. Join us for the Maximize Life Summit. September something, something, and something, which I'm going to look up here in just a second. Uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. We are having a Maximize Life Summit here at Liberty. You should join us for this summit. There is stuff for everyone. If you want to learn about getting the most out of life, if you want to learn how to prioritize your family, how to prioritize your time, uh, how to manage your, your finances, how to protect your family online, it is amazing the amount of information, <laughs> speaking of information, that we're going to present in this conference and you do not not want to miss it. Mark your calendar, September 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. So Sunday will be like for our more our our, uh, our normal services. Same with Wednesday night, and then we'll also have sessions on Monday and Tuesday evenings. There'll be different sessions for different age groups. We'll have guys sessions, girls sessions, teen sessions. It's going to be a phenomenal event. So get ready to join us as we learn how to maximize the life that God has given us. Until then, I hope you'll join us for church on Sunday, 9.30 or 11.15 Sunday morning, 6 p.m. Sunday evening. If you can't be here in person, you can always stream our service online by visiting our website at experienceliberty.com. Or if you go and like us on Facebook, shameless plug for Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, If you go like us on Facebook at Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, you can watch a live stream of our services there as well. I'm Crystal Heath. You've been listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 11.1 FM. You can go give me a follow on Facebook or Twitter at The Frittle. I appreciate you taking the time. Taking the time? I don't know. I don't know. I appreciate you being here today. I appreciate you listening. I would not have a program if you didn't listen. So, thank you. And we will be back tomorrow with Fun Friday. I'm going to give some books away tomorrow. Some good books away tomorrow. Or maybe even a DVD. Maybe I'll give books and a DVD. I don't know yet. I don't know. It's going to be something fantastically wonderful though. Hope to see you at church on Sunday. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Stay tuned. Coming up in just a few minutes, it's Dr. David Tice with Living in Liberty. Hope you and your family have a great day. See you later, everybody.